Hi, this is Pastor Curtis. I want to thank you for checking out the Family Church Podcast. I hope it encourages you and inspires you to take your next step of faith. You can find out more about how to do that at our website, familychurch.xyz. And if you know a friend who needs to hear this message, please forward it on to them. I hope you enjoy the message. Welcome to Family Church. My name is Kyle. I get the privilege to serve here alongside my dad, Pastor Curtis, and so many other great leaders. Mom and dad are in Bay City, Michigan at a Marriage Encounter Weekend, and uh, they've been a part of that ministry, serving and volunteering uh, so that family ministry, strengthening families, building up marriages uh, for over 20 years, and we're thankful, uh, of course, for them and their leadership, and then they get to uh, build up marriages and help families get stronger and help uh, build strong marriages. Uh, so that's where they are, so I'm sure they're going to watch this or listen at some point. So we love you, Mom and Dad. Have a great weekend. And while the cat's away, the mice will play. So I'm bringing a message this morning called Dream Again. Well, we're in a season called What's Next, looking at those next steps that God has on our spiritual journey. And here's the truth. If you got breath in your lungs... If you're breathing, if you can hear the sound of my voice, God has a next step for you. God has a next step for you. We have a next step on our faith journey. And uh, we have those, uh, we call those four next steps, and this isn't something that we made up. This isn't something that another pastor made up. We see this time and time again in the Bible. Uh, it's the process of sanctification, but you can break it down in terms that are, that are understandable and, and memorable and portable in those four steps to know God, right? Not just to know about God, but to know him in a relationship, right? To know him in a relationship, to have that intimate relationship, to know God, and then to find freedom. How many of you know we have areas of our life that need to get better? We have an area where we could do better in this. And, and, I, and I don't know who this is for, but, but I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to, to tell someone the area that you need to, to find freedom in is that you need to forgive yourself. You need to forgive yourself. Because God's grace and God's blood is enough. And sometimes we think, we just feel all of this shame and all of this guilt because we know what we did and we know our worst mistakes and that holds us back. That shame holds us back. But you need to find freedom in the area that what Jesus did on the cross, it's enough for you. You need to believe that. What Jesus did on the cross is enough for you. And when we get all of this guilt and all of this shame and it just, it just weighs us down, we can't walk in freedom. And that's step number two, that you need to find freedom. Find freedom from the stuff in your past. And after we find freedom, we discover our purpose. You were made on purpose for a purpose, right? Ephesians 2.10 says right, that we are God's masterpiece. Did you know you're a masterpiece? Turn to the person next to you and say you're a masterpiece. That wasn't everybody, but I'll take it. We are God's masterpiece created to do good works. How many of you know if you create something, you get to decide the purpose of it? Did you ever make a, like a macaroni necklace when you were a kid for your mom? Right? And you said, Mom, this is for you. And then you wanted her to put it on, right? Because you were the creator, and you got to decide the purpose of that necklace. Who's our creator? God's our creator. He gets to decide the purpose, and he has good works for us to do. And we need to discover that purpose. And lastly, make a difference. Make a difference. That's the end zone right there. That's, that's, the t- that's how we know if we scored. So we got to have a, a marker. We got to have something that we're working towards. That's to make a difference. Imagine if the Chiefs were driving down the field, and Travis Kelsey didn't know where the end zone was. And so he goes out and he gets a 12-yard pass and he spikes the ball and he runs to the sideline as if he just scored a touchdown because he didn't know where the end zone was. Well, that would be kind of silly. That would be like rookie Travis Kelsey. You guys remember rookie Travis Kelsey, all those mistakes he made? But now he's like, you know, he's good. No, one have, no Kelsey fans in here? He's grown up a lot. Or imagine if Travis Kelsey, he, t- he scores a touchdown, 
right? And instead of celebrating on the sideline, he goes back to the house and says, hey, we got to keep going. My point is, you got to know where the end zone is. You got to know where we headed, and we're headed to make a difference, make a difference. But how do we make a difference? It's a common question. It's a common question. Well, how do I know if I'm making a difference? And the truth is, you can get involved right here at Family Church making a difference because if you don't know, you're sitting in the mirror, middle of a miracle because lives are being changed right here at Family Church and you can volunteer to serve right here at church and you're going to make a difference right there. But God has a plans for us to make a difference and sometimes people struggle like, I don't know my purpose, I don't know, my, I don't know God's will, I want to make a difference, but I don't know where to start. And so that's what I'm going to talk about this morning, how to make a difference. And, and, uh, and here's what we know about God. We serve a God who's trying to speak. We serve a speaking God. Throughout the Bible, you'll see references to God speaking. And you'll also see references to uh, idols or false gods being mute. You can see it time and time. We serve a God that speaks, right? But sometimes people serve idols that, that, are, that are mute. You see it in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. And so we serve a speaking God. If you're thinking, well, man, I don't, I don't really hear from God. The truth is, and, and I mean this in, in pure love, God doesn't have a speaking problem, but some of us might have a hearing, a listening problem, right? Because we get busy. And we got a lot of voices in our head, and there's a lot of noise, but God is trying to speak to you. And how does he speak to you? And this is, might surprise you. It may not be what you think, but God speaks to us in dreams and visions. God speaks to us in dreams and visions. And I don't mean like lay down at night, sleep dreams, though. He can speak to you in those. I'm talking about aspirational dreams. God will give you ideas, that's how God speaks to me. He gives me ideas. He gives me supernatural ideas, ideas that I would not have thought of on my own, and they're from the Holy Spirit, and he prompts me to act on those ideas. He prompts me to act on those ideas. So God speaks to us in dreams and visions, and a key to your success is hearing from God and following those dreams and visions that, that God has for us. Uh, one of the most common prayers that I've prayed uh, the last few years of my life, and it's probably the most common prayer I pray for my girls, is uh, help me to see as you see. Help me to see as you see. Because here's the truth. When we see as God sees, I see other people the way that God does. Not as I naturally do. How many of you know, when I see people naturally, I'm going to judge them. I'm going to judge them. Right, you're not going to be honest? You don't judge people this morning? You don't go to, no, no one's ever been to Ottawa Walmart and judged? <laughs> my natural, I'm going to judge people. But when I, when I say, help me to see as you see the vision of God, I see them the way that God sees them. And God sees people differently than we naturally see people. I see myself differently because I see myself as God sees me. Right? Not that I've achieved this. It's a work in progress. But God, help me to see as you see. God, help my girls to see as you see. And when you see as God does, you're going to act as Jesus would. It's a simple prayer. But we want to have God's vision for our life. And last week, Pastor Curtis shared three verses on vision, and I'm going to go over those again. And uh, it's Proverbs 29.18. Proverbs 29.18. In the KJV, it said, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. What's your vision for your life? Vision is your preferred outcome in the future. It's your preferred outcome, your preferred version of the future. And in all areas of your life, you should have vision, right? When it comes to financially, where do I want to be a year from now? Relationally, where do I want to be a year from now, right? My physical health, where do I want to be a year from now? If you don't have any vision for where you want to go, then how many of you know you're, you're probably going to drift towards comfort, complacency? You're probably not going to drift towards goals and what God has for you. You're probably going to drift towards what's comfortable and complacency, 
But if you have vision for where you want to go, you can get there. And the NIV, it says, where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. Where there's no revelation, people cast off restraint. So there's, there's people that, that kind of go through life, and it's whatever. I'm just kind of getting through. I'm living for the weekend. And we can slip into survival mode. And the truth is this, that you were created for significance, not survival. You were created for significance, not survival. And when you slip back into survival mode, I'm just going through the motions, I got to get through the workday, you're going to miss those opportunities that God has in your workday to pray for someone, to encourage to someone, to love someone, to reach out to someone. You were created for significance, not just for survival. And if maybe all that, that's all that you get from this message, then let that sink into your heart, that you were created for significance, not just for survival. You don't have to stay in that place if you've slipped into to survival mode. The same verse in the message translation. If people can't see what God is doing, they will stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. And that word blessed in the Hebrew talks about a contentment in your soul. You know, you can find a lot of stuff in the world, but one thing the world cannot give you is contentment. It cannot give you that contentment in your soul. And that's why people chase all types of things that the world has to offer, and they still feel empty at the end of the day. It's like, is this all there is? Am I, am I missing it? But when you attend to what God reveals, when you, God speaks to you and you follow it and you walk in his purpose, you're going to have contentment in your, in your soul. There's two verses in Psalm 126 I want to share with you. Psalm 126, verses 1 and 2. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, and by Zion he's talking about the church. Read it in, in, in today's language as the church. When the Lord restored the church, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. This is what God has for you, that he's going to bring restoration into your life, that he's going to bring laughter and joy into your life. So if you wonder, man, what does God have for me? If I follow God's will, what's my future going to look like? I'm not saying it's always going to be easy, but does God have joy for you? Yes, he does, right? He has restoration for you, right? He has laughter for you. He has songs. That's what God has for you. Are you ready to flourish in the life that God has for you? There's five different types of people when it comes to dreams. Five different types of people in the room, watching online when it comes to dreaming. And I'm going to go with those five types of people this morning. The first is no dream. No dream. You have no dream and no vision for your life. And I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm certainly not trying to be condemning. But chances are, if you don't have any dream or any vision for your life, then you may not know God. You may not know God. And that's, 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 that's maybe the decision you need to make. Because Hebrews 11 says this. Hebrews 11 says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for. So when you have faith, what do you start to have? You start to have confidence, right, in what you hope for that you do not see. So when you start to know God and put your faith in God and follow Jesus, God's going to start giving you dreams He's going to start giving you vision, right? It happened in the early church in Acts. The early church, uh, they, uh, they start dreaming dreams. They start having visions, and they start following, uh, following after Jesus. This is what the church does. When you get close to God and know God, he's going to start giving you dreams. He's going to start giving you visions that he wants you to pursue. And that's what we do. We connect with God. We know God more, and we start dreaming again. And some of you, you need to take that step. You need to take the step up. I want to know God more. I want to know God more. I need to get close to God. And when you get close to God, Right? He's going to start giving you those dreams and visions that he has for you. Maybe I'm not uh, hearing God because i got too much going on. All right, what's that verse say? Be still and know that I am God. 
be still and know that I am God. We can hear God, but sometimes we've got to slow down and turn down the voices in our own life to allow God to speak. There's a verse in Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah 33, 3, it says this, Call to me, and I will answer you, and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. So call to me. That's praying, right? When we call out to God, when we pray to God, God says he's going to answer us. He doesn't just say he's going to hear us. He says he's going to answer us, and he's going to do what? He's going to talk back. Sometimes we pray, and it's, God, these are all my problems, and I need you to do this, and thank you for taking care of my list. And then we go back, well, did you stop and listen? Because it says I'm going to tell you things that you do not know. So, yes, you can take all of your problems to God. Take it. Cast all of your cares on God. He cares about you. You can do that, but don't just dump all your problems. Stop and listen, too, because he's going he's gonna to talk back, and he's going to give visions and ideas. He's going to talk back to you and lead you in your life. It may not happen that day one, but God's going to renew your mind and lead you, and he's going to lead you into that life that's full of the fruit of the Spirit. You want to live a life that's full of love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control? That's what God's going to lead you. Number two, you may have a wrong dream. You may have a wrong dream. And when I say a wrong dream, I'm not talking about a bad dream. I'm not even talking about a sinful dream. It may just be not the dream that God has for you. Now, you're allowed to dream about anything. If you, you know, want to dream about the vacation to Italy, then dream about it. Plan that trip to Rome. You know, make the, make the dream board. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But don't just follow those earthly pursuits and have a dream that's not connected to God. Anyone ever been here before? This was me after I graduated from K-State. Graduated from K-State, got my first teaching job, and my dream was to win a state championship coaching basketball. So I spent a lot of hours coaching basketball. Right, and how many know basketball is a long season? You start before Thanksgiving, you go until almost spring break, and then, of course, you got summer workouts. So I'm doing basketball stuff all the time, right? I'm coaching basketball. But guess what? I don't mind. I don't mind putting all the hours because that's my dream, right? I'm going to win a state championship. I'm going to get a tattoo. I'm going to be awesome. It's going to be incredible. <laughs> that was real. Why are you guys laughing at that? <laughs> and then, of course, I'm married, and, and we have... Lauren has Brecken, and Brecken comes along. And when Brecken was a baby, she was kind of a crybaby. So I'm okay being at the gym. Let's get more shots up, right? Let's do morning shoot-arounds. And uh, my dream was getting in the way of my family. So I needed to reprioritize my life. The dream that I had for myself wasn't the dream that, that God had for me. God doesn't mind you pursuing things. There's a lot of coaches that are godly men and women, but for me... I, I had to change my priorities. God has so much more for you than maybe an earthly dream that, that you have that you've been chasing. There's a verse in Acts uh, that Paul says, and Paul says in Acts 20, 24, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given. Did you know that God has a task for you? And that's what we should chase after. What if you finish the race, but you're running the wrong race? You ever know anyone that got to the end of the life and they kind of reflected back on their life and they said, and I kind of pursued things that I kind of missed the point that season of my life, most of my life. We want to ra- run the race that God has for us. And, and God wants you to experience the joy of knowing you're a part of something he's doing. 
We can all do things on our own. You can do things on your own, but God wants you to experience the joy and fulfillment that comes when you're a part of something he is doing. Because you get a joy in your spirit when you're a part of something that God is doing. But you kind of got to sacrifice your own pride and will because you can't control it. Because guess what? Are you doing it? No, God's doing it. So we got to surrender control. And that's how you do it. If you're wondering, how do I find the race? How do I find the race that God's in and not my own race? You got to surrender. You got to surrender. My time, my talent, my treasure, my, you got to surrender it to God. You got to be willing to say, God, you've blessed me. The only reason I have my house is because you give me breath in my lungs and every day to live and go work. The only reason I have my bank account is because you've blessed me with skills and breath in my lungs that I can go work. And we got to be willing to say, God, it's yours. If you want to use it, I want to be used by you. Daily to surrender to God. Daily surrender to God and his purposes. It's the healthiest way to live. It's the healthiest way to live. Number three, it's a stale dream. A stale dream. It's a good dream, but it's gone stale. And it burned at one point, and you were fired up about it, right? And you had that energy, you had that fire running through your veins. And then maybe through delay, you know, Proverbs says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Maybe your dream was delayed. Maybe COVID hit. Maybe your kids entered a new season of life and you got super busy. Maybe you got that news that turned your world upside down. And over time, you were hurt, you burn out, and your dream became stale. And maybe it's this is barely hanging on, right? You've been around a bonfire, and over time, that bonfire dwindles down, and the fire gets real small and cold and puny. Maybe that's how your dream is right now. And perhaps God it wants to stir up that dream this morning. Hey, I'm not, my name's Kyle, I'm your friend, and I'm here to stir up that dream. I'm here to stir up, I'm here to poke at that fire. You're like, I don't want it. Don't poke, don't poke. Let's, let's, let's stir up that fire. Let's stir up that fire that God gave you. And you know how you can do it? If you're like, well, well where do I even begin? You know, I, yeah, I want the fire back. I want that energy again, but how do, I, how do I get it back? Read your Bible and pray. Spend time with God. Spend time with God and his people. There's a verse in 2 Timothy 1.6 where Paul says, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you. God gave a gift in you, and if you don't feel a fire inside of you, you need to have that flame stirred up. You need to have that flame stirred up. You can stir it up. The Holy Spirit can stir it up. People can stir it up. But you need to fan and get that bonfire going again. Get that warmth again. Get that fire in your veins once more. That's what God has for you. Even if it's been a long time, even if you went through circumstances that delayed it, I don't know who this is for, but I believe someone needs to hear this. God still wants to do it. God still wants to do it. You were praying for something at one time and you stopped. And you said, God's never going to answer that prayer. No, God still wants to do it. Keep praying. Keep praying. My mom and dad had a stale dream at one point. Talking about the church. You know, being here for 30 plus years. You don't think at any time that, that dream got a little stale and the fire died down? And they would tell you they didn't know what to do. But you know what they started doing? They started praying. They started praying. And a lot of you sitting in here, a lot of leaders in the church are answers to those prayers. As they, God was orchestrating the pieces to come together. They didn't see it. God, Mom and Dad, they didn't see the process, but... The pieces were coming together, and it started with them saying, okay, 
The fire's dying down. It's gotten stale, but we're going to pray. We're going to pray, and we're going to seek God, and we're going to believe that God is still going to do it, even if we don't see it. The fourth type of person, uh, the fourth type of person is called a vague dream, a vague dream. So you've had a dream, but you haven't spent the time to really articulate it, to work through it. And here's what I have for you, and maybe this is what you need to hear this morning. Maybe this is your takeaway. It's that you need to write it down. You may need to write down the dream. Habakkuk 2.2. Habakkuk 2.2 says, write the vision down. Write it down. God's given you a vision. God's given you thoughts. God's given you inspiration. Write it down and make it plain. Make it plain. Make it plain. On tablets that they may run who read it. How can you run the play? How can you make a difference if you write it down and you make it plain so that you can, you can run with it, you can go back to it. If you've ever kept a prayer journal, I mean, some of you have experienced this, you've kept a prayer journal, then you, you, you flip back to a year ago, or you look back at what you were praying for, and what do you see? God answered some of those prayers in the coolest way. And if you haven't ever experienced that, then, then write it down. Have a little prayer journal. Do it on your notes app. If you're, not, if, you're, if you're really not a notebook person, do it on your notes app. Scroll back through your phone, through your old notes. Write it down. If you won't, don't write it down, you won't be able to read it. And if you can't read it, you can't run the play. So write it down. When I finally surrendered my life to God, God started working in my life and, and, and giving me the desire to make a difference. And I was thinking about, you know, what has God gifted me at? What am I skilled at that maybe I can make a difference? And being a teacher and coach, I thought about maybe mentoring so I happened to come across Mentoring for Success. Mentoring for Success is a program of the Kansas Department of Corrections. That's when you become a mentor for prisoners, for inmates. And so they match you up with a prisoner who's going to be released, and you start going inside and mentoring them, and you meet with them, right? And you put together a plan for their release, and then you meet with them on the outside, and you help them on their reentry into society, right? The statistics are about 78% of people that leave the system go right back in within three years. So you could use some help <laughs> mentoring. Graduates of Mentoring for Success, that number drops below 50%. So it's an effective program. And so I volunteered with Mentoring for Success, and I met Daniel Ramos. And some of you have met Daniel Ramos. He actually spoke here at the church a little over a year ago. And Daniel Ramos grew up in KCK, and he grew up in gangs, started abusing substances before he was a teenager, started messing around with weapons when he was 13 and 14. And when he was 17, he got arrested, and he was in prison for 21 years. He went behind bars at 17, and he was in prison for 21 years. In his life, he's been in solitary confinement for three and a half years. And all throughout that time, his mom was praying for him. When he was in solitary confinement, his mom, he found out his mom had cancer, and it wasn't good. And he was in solitary. He's in the hole. You can't, couldn't talk to her. And he was pretty desperate. He got out of the hole and he finally was able to have some phone conversations with his mom. And in the time before she passed, they had some phone conversations. And he, because of her prayers, because of her persistence, gave his life to Jesus. And God radically changed his life. 
I don't know if you guys know this about being on the inside of prison, but there's a lot of corruption on the inside of prison. You can do the same things inside prison that you can do outside prison. So he went in prison, and what was he doing? He was running with gangs. He was doing a lot of violence. He was abusing a lot of substances. So his life didn't change, even though he was behind bars. But then what changed his life? When he found Jesus, his life changed. He got out of the gangs. He stopped any violence. He stopped using substances. He got involved in the prison minute, the, the, the chapel services. He became a leader and started helping uh, plan the chapel services. And God dramatically changed his life. He will tell you for years of his life, he thought he would never see a day of fresh air again. But God changed his life. And you know what's cool about all this? Is if I wouldn't have said yes to that kind of God dream stirring inside my heart of being a a, a mentor, I thought, I'm going to go do this and I'm going to help people. This is what God has for me. But what did I get in return? Man, you know how blessed I am to know Daniel? He's an amazing guy. I love when I get to talk to him. He's such an encouragement. Today, he's free. He's got two twin boys. He's got a family. And God has restored his life in a way that was unimaginable. And he started to dream again. When did that happen? When he surrendered his life to Jesus. God said, hey, I have a, a vision for you. I have a future for you. You think your days are done? You think the, be- the, the best is behind you? You think there's nothing left to live for? Guess what God did? God brought vision. God brought restoration and has blessed him in an incredible way. He's got a home. He's got a good job. He's got a family. Not because of his own effort. Yeah, he made the right decisions, but because the Holy Spirit changed and transformed him. That's the power of the God we serve. That's the power of the God we serve. Here's the last one. Here's the last one. It's a God dream. A God dream. A dream that we want is a God dream. And a God dream is several things. First of all, it's God honoring. It's God honoring. In other words, it's not just something that's about you. It's okay to have dreams that are fun and, 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 and amazing things, but if all your dream does is kind of puff you up or make you say, hey, look what I accomplished, then, then that's probably not what God has for you. So it's a dream that's God honoring. Because here's the truth. When we die, when we die, there's two judgments, right? The first judgment's the great white throne judgment. That judgment is where you say, what did you do with Jesus, right? What did you do with Jesus, and if you say, well, he was my Lord, he was my Savior, you know, he, he paid for my sins. I took on the righteousness of Jesus when I put my faith in him, then you go to heaven, right? You know, hell isn't a place for people that God's mad at. Hell is a place that people pay for their own sins. That's, we serve a just and righteous God. People that go to hell, they pay for their own sins. But how many, you don't have to. You don't have to pay for your own sins. That's the great white throne judgment. But after that, there's a second judgment. And this judgment's for Christian. It's for believers. And the question is, what did you do with what I gave you? What did you do with what I gave you, right? I gave you Wellsville. I gave you this church. I gave you this family. I gave you those people skills. I gave you those leadership skills. I gave you those admin skills. Uh, Whatever God gave you, what did you do with it? And this is what we all want to hear. This is from Matthew 25, 23. You know what we want to hear in that moment? Well done, good and faithful servant. Is the dream that is in your heart, is the the purpose, what you're pursuing, are you going to hear, well done, good and faithful servant? Because that's what we want. That's what we want. To hear, well done, good and faithful servant. So a God-honoring dream. And it's also a dream that's not just God-honoring, but it's culture-defying. That has the courage to stand up against injustice here on the earth. And we're going to say, hey, man, there's a lot going on. There's some problems in society. But on our watch, we're going to do the best that we can to bring heaven to earth. Did you know that God wants to bring heaven to earth? Right? He doesn't just want us to hold on until we get to heaven. God wants us to bring heaven to earth. That's what he has for us. 
a heaven-impacting dream. That's why we're going to plunder hell and we're going to populate heaven. This church is never about us four and no more. It's always about how can we reach the one. For the one, we're going to go after him. For the one, we're going to do it. We're going to reach the next generation. You know, God gave Mike uh, a God dream to start Celebrate Recovery. Culture leads us to go too far, to become addicted to things. Culture leads us to, life leads us to have hurts, to become brokenhearted, to isolate, withdraw. And God gave Mike a, a God dream for Celebrate Recovery to say, hey, in this community, you're going to have, there's going to be hope. In this community, we're going to share Jesus. In this community, you're not going to do it alone. We have a community. We have a place for you. That's a God dream. That's what a God dream looks like. I heard a God dream just this week. Just this week, I heard a God dream, and they're here in this service. Cush and Chase said they're starting a Bible study for their friends. Do they have all the answers? They, haven't been, they don't have all the Bible answers, right? Are they completely prepared and equipped? No, but God's stirring in their heart. God's stirring in their heart. He's given them vision. He's given them a dream, and they're stepping out and say, hey, for people, you know those ages where you're 18, 19, 20? That's kind of a crossroads in your life where you're making a lot of decisions, is it a good idea to be plugged into God's word and the truth, to be around others that are praying for you during that age? <laughs> yeah. So they're starting a Bible study, and they're saying, hey, you know, in Wellsville, it's still tough to be a, te- it's tough to be a teenager today, but in Wellsville, guess what? You're going to get an invitation to a youth group. You're going to get an invitation to a Bible study. <laughs> you are. I know you are. And they're saying, hey, we're going to do what we can and follow that dream that God's given us. And you know where that came from? One, one, one area that came from is because Seth and Gage had a God dream. Right? God, when they surrendered their life to God, and they started following Jesus and pursuing all that he has, he put dream and vision for their heart. Hey, you're going to have a place, you're going to have a home where you're going to invite people over for food, you're going to invite people over for Bible study. Right? I'm going to give you a platform where you're going to be able to pray for young people, where you're going to be able to share the gospel with young people, and I'm going to use you to make a difference. And they said yes. They kept stirring that God dream on the inside of them. A couple of weeks ago, there was a missionary from Hong Kong uh, that's been in Hong Kong for, for a few decades, about 30 years, uh, Joe Rystrom. He's, he came to Young and Free, and he spoke. And um, he was touring the States, right? He's going back uh, overseas. And he said speaking at Young and Free was the highlight of his time in the States. He got to speak to young people, and he said it was the highlight of his because the people were hungry for God. He could tell. He said there's something different going on in this community. There's something different. The spirit of the living God, the Holy Spirit, is moving in this community. And he could sense it. And he could feel it. And when you're a part of a God dream, it energizes you. It energizes you. It gives you energy. It strengthens you. Right? You ever been with someone that's pursuing their God dream and you walk away from that conversation and you're just kind of like, man, my spirit's uplifted because of what they're doing. I'm encouraged. That's what this church is. Right? We all have a small fire. And we need to fan each other's flames, right? Keep that fire hot. Feel that energy running through our veins. I'm a coach. I can give pep talks. (laughs) I'm going to finish with this. This is in Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8. They came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. And isn't it funny that they told Jesus what to do? It's not a good idea. Watch, watch what Jesus is going to do next. They begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand, and he led him outside the village. Some, some of you need to hear this. 
God wants to do his work, but he wants to remove you from the environment you're in and get you in a different environment. He didn't touch him. What did he do? He spit. He's like, all right, you're going to tell me to do the touch thing? Now I'm going to do the spit thing. Because <laughs> we think Jesus is into a certain system and a certain way of doing things, and he's not. God is God. He can do things the way he wants to do them. He said, do you see anything? And the guy looked up and said, I see people, and they look like trees walking around. And I got a question for you. If he was blind, how does he know what trees look like? The only answer is that at one time, he could see. And so the next two words that are in the scripture, I want you to cling to. I want you to, don't miss, don't miss this, lean in. This is what God has for you. Once more. Once more. So you know Jesus, who had the ability to heal him perfectly the first time, goes back a second time. Once more. You had a vision. You had a dream. And you lost it. Or you gave up. Or it's grown stale. Or you got distracted. Or you got busy. Or COVID hit. God wants to give you a fresh touch this morning and say once more. Once more. The most consequential words in this story, because God's willing to say, even though you lost it, I'm ready to give you a once more kind of experience. How many of you know we serve a once more kind of God? We serve a once more kind of God. Sometimes people are like, I feel like I missed God's will for my life. I made this decision, and I messed up God's will. No, we serve a once more type of God. We serve a once more type of God. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. That's what God has for you this morning, that God will lay his hands on you and that you will see everything clearly. God doesn't want your picture, your, your, your future to be a picture that's, 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 that's blurry and you're unsure of what to do. No, God wants to give you once more kind of vision to follow after him. It doesn't mean that he's going to you know, let you be a fortune teller and know all the answers. No, he wants you to walk by faith. But he's going to encourage you. He's going to strengthen you along the way. Will you pray with me? Father, we come to you now. And I thank you for this church. I thank you for this opportunity to let, let us meet together this morning, to learn more about you, to follow after you. And Father, in order for, for us to be the church that you've created, every single one of us, Lord, we need to see clearly. We want to know you more. We want to see as you see. So help us to, be, to get beyond our personal pursuits, our own agendas, and help us to see once again what you have for us. In this moment, Lord, if you, if you feel the Holy Spirit stirring inside of you a vision, something that God has for you, if you feel that on the inside, I'm going to ask you to respond on the outside. And just raise your hand. Hey, nobody's looking around. Everybody's eyes are are closed, but I'm going to pray for you. And if you want to respond to that and say, yeah, that's me. Help me to see as you see. Help me to see as you see. I need a once more kind of, and will you just raise your hand this morning? Will you just raise your hand in the morning? So that's, that's my prayer. That's my prayer. Yes. Father, you see these hands, and you know our circumstances. You know our lives. And, Lord, we ask that we will receive a once more touch from you to follow after you. Father, give us your vision. We want, to, we want to serve you. We want to live beyond ourselves. We want to make a difference. We want to bring heaven to earth. So help us to have the courage to, to, to walk in that purpose. Thank you for your Holy Spirit to guide us and help us. 
And if you feel like God is a million miles away, and if you feel like, I want a God dream, but I'm not sure how to find him, then you can make the decision right now to decide to follow Jesus. You can make the decision right now, I want to know God. I want to know God. If that's you, I want to pray for you this morning. Nobody's looking around. You're making the decision that I want to know God. I want Jesus to pay for my sins. I don't want to pay for my own. I want to declare that he is Lord. If that's a decision you want to make this morning, would you just raise your hand? In this moment, just raise your hand. Thank you. I see those hands. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, those in this room that are making that decision, I pray that you will that you will give us the Holy Spirit. We confess that you are Lord, that Jesus is your son who died for us and rose again, and we want to make him Lord of our lives. So thank you for forgiving our sins. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. We live for you and follow after you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for being here this morning. I hope you have a terrific week. The Chiefs play at noon, and we're going to get back on track after last week's Sunday Night Football fiasco. (laughs) So let me hear it as we walk out. How about them? Chiefs. See you next week. Have a great week. I love you.